Coming up on the Smitty and Mitty show this week. Returning guest Mike Wilner is on the show and we are going to dive into the Toronto Blue Jays season and year-end press conferences. Plus more on the Major League Baseball playoffs starts now. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Start your engines! 90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The show that's got everyone saying... You're so dumb, for real. With Smitty. What you just said is one of the most idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Smitty. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? you. That's my name. This is the Smitty Mini Show. Smitty and Mitty Show is back on the TSMS Radio Network. I think that is easily our worst intro, our worst bring on ever. That was my, that was my announcer voice. Ladies and gentlemen, right, should we just done. start over? Because this was terrible. We're done. We're done. <laughs> well, Let's take our sponsors. We're already Dave Middleton. seconds in. Okay, Dave Middleton, Sun Life Financial, Life is Brighter Under the Sun, Gold Line Curling, the choice of champion Noah Smith, Tyler Middleton here for the next hour of mediocre sports talk for you across your radio waves. Who is also going to join us? You ask? Is that what you're asking me? Mm-hmm. Mike Wilner. Asking. Mike Wilner is going to join us here in just about 10 minutes' time. And talk about those Toronto Blue Jays and the fiasco that is the end of their season and the Ross Atkins press conference, which just went horribly. Like, went horribly. The worst it could go. Well, it didn't go good, Mr. Milton. It didn't go good. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays look like idiots. The front office looks like idiots. How many times can we say idiots in the first 10 minutes of this show? Stay tuned to find out. I think if you were watching our last week's show, 1,000%. I was for getting rid, getting rid of Schneider, and now I feel like everyone needs to go butt Schneider. I feel like Schneider, his comments were just basically like, "Please don't blame me for this. Like I'm better than this." That's basically what I heard from him. Was I am a better baseball mind than what just happened here? I yeah. Well, he has to say that, right? He's got to protect himself. Is it not true? A little bit. Like this guy made this guy was was he's a professional catcher. He made his way up from scratch from the minor leagues up to the majors you don't think he's pulled a guy once or twice you don't think he can recognize when a guy is shoving clearly you say kikuchi had been up from the first inning to the fourth inning and it was camera time where it's like you either use him or you don't and if he didn't he was worried that there was going to be some back some backlash oh yeah no doubt he had to it was the move that the toronto blue jays set up whether that was him his bench staff the front office staff it was no secret that's what they wanted to do. But then for the that for Ross the Atkins to then for Ross Atkins to then turn around and basically blame him and say that it's all his decision, that he was not even in the room when we know that he's in the room constantly. It's uh, like what do you take us for? Some someone's lying somewhere. And if they're not lying, they're they're certainly not telling the full truth. Our job here on the Smitty Mitty show is to figure out who it is. We have to figure out who the liar is. We have to figure out oh. who is not telling the truth. Russ Atkins, liar. What do we do with the next 40 minutes? Oh. 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 Because, like, is anyone but? How could it not be? It, no, you're right. You're right. I just, it sucks. It sucks. The Jays suck. 
I'm a week and I'm not over it yet. This sucks. Yeah. Can we? They, the, the Toronto Blue Jays now own the longest playoff drought after the Minnesota Twins won. Without a win? Yeah. I don't think that's true, is it? Without a, like appearances in the playoffs without a series win, yes. All appearances in the playoffs without a series win. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. When was the last time? 2016? That that would have been the last time that they won, yeah. Well, that's kind of a, a series. kind of a good thing and a bad thing, you know. Because like they've been in the playoffs four times since then. Right? Yeah. So Well, it I don't we're we're seeing consistent. So sorry, they didn't baseball. win in twenty sixteen, right? They the last time would have been twenty fifteen, because I don't think the one game wild card counts. Doesn't count as a series win? No. That would make sense. Yeah. Although what a moment. Man. I saw some of that on my my timelines recently. But did you not feel that it was like, it was almost, I don't know. I feel like I I didn't appreciate the Grand Slam by Double E because all you needed was a fly ball. So as soon as the ball was in the air, I was like, it's a, like, there was nothing in my mind that said they weren't going to win that game at that point. Fair. That he was going to put a ball somewhere and they were going to score a run. So it was like, oh, he hit it 410 yeah. feet. But no, we're, it's not like anyone was less hyped. Right. If there's if there's nobody on and he hits if there's nobody on and he hits a walk off home run, I think you are more excited than bases loaded, nobody out. But it wasn't a wall scraper either. No, it wasn't, which I think made it worse. Which I think made it worse. I think that made it better because you knew you're like, oh, right, like it's just a deep fly ball that was going to the warning track. Then you're like, oh, ball ring, grand salami. But they did beat. They did, in fact, beat the Rangers after that, right? So they did win a series. I was going to say, it was the CS two straight years, was it not? Yeah, because that was the uh, Donaldson dash, which your guy was in the building for. Mm, Good story. Uh, Coming up on the show, a lot of Blue Jays and baseball talk coming up in the second half. Uh, Of course, Mike Wilner is going to join us in the second segment of our show today uh, to discuss the Toronto Blue Jays season. Yeah, I got something else to gripe about before. Yeah, I was going to say, you got four minutes, so shoot me some knowledge here for the next four minutes on the show. Oh, well, I can't just throw knowledge, but I, I have a gripe. So oh. the Toronto Maple Leafs earlier this week, their their year starts. It's reported that they dropped the Hollow Notes goal song. It's gone. So everyone is 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 intrigued as to what the new goal song could be. Could they pick a Canadian song? Ooh. Could it be a bare naked ladies tune? Something to get the boys fired up. All right, well, no. you're about to surprise me because I actually haven't heard it yet. What they play? Give give me give me one guess. Let's, one let's guess. play a guess game here. Can you give me a hint on genre? Hmm. Techno. Techno. And it was in a movie that we probably watched multiple times on buses and such about a party. That was probably a really big guess, a really big hint. I don't know. A party? Project X? Exactly. Is it? Is that the movie? Yeah. Okay. Oh, what's, uh, do you know that, you know, you obviously know the name of the song. Yeah. Uh, Is it? Oh, Pursuit of Happiness? Exactly. Oh oh my God. Is that not the worst option? Yeah. They could have gone so many different directions with that. I'm hoping that they roll through a bunch of songs and they've only scored once as we record. So I don't know, but hopefully they were, they do go through a bunch of songs to see what sticks. Cause that's not option. What, what was behind door one 
was not the best price. <laughs> it wasn't the best price. It's like it's like you get something good. It's like when you're on the prices right and you know there's a car in there somewhere, but you get the five thousand dollar treadmill. It's great because I can sell it for five thousand dollars cash, but it's not you're the not, car. You don't right? run it on the treadmill. Right. It's not the, so the yeah, first thing you do is sell it. You're not even you're not even considering getting it. Like it's the treadmill. <laughs> and you're like, okay, how much can, how much is that valued at? Like, what am I looking at monetary wise? Five grand? Okay. All right. Uh, so I guess it's like a quarter of one of those Nissan notes that they sell uh, give away. I, let me find a skinny person. Would you sell it to a skinny person or a or a thick person that needs to run? Oh no. Like I, I hate to break it to you. I'm definitely the right clientele for the treadmill. <laughs> Like I'm definitely who they're looking for. That was by design. Like when I picked door number one, they did a quick it was shuffle. A, yeah, it was actually did, the car. They did, a, they did a quick shuffle. They're like, dude, this guy doesn't not yeah. need to be driving anywhere. Like this <laughs> you, guy either needs to walk. You want a treadmill with a bunch of apples. <laughs> this is your prize. A one week vacation at the fitness club. Oh my God. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Good life fitness gift certificates. That's what I All like. right. Let's not call out good life here. Great, great gym. Oh, that wasn't supposed to be called out. It, it's any gym, right? Average Joe's gymnasium. Yeah, I'm not going there either. Right. There's nothing to do with the name. There's nothing well, to do with real. So Vince Bond's there though. There is some real average Joe's. I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced of it. But they got you think they have to pay Dodgeball then? No. No. Not if At they have the production the company. Uh, not if they named themselves Average Josephs and then just went by the short form. <laughs> All right, we've solved absolutely we've solved absolutely nothing here in the first 10 minutes. Let's see if we can solve something in the next 10, in the next 15 with Mike Wilner of the Toronto Star Deep Left Field Podcast. He's going to join us right after the break here on the Smitty Mitty Show across the TSMS Radio Network. It may be warm outside, but it's never too early to get ready for the upcoming curling season. Check out the new Goldline catalog and gear up for the 2023-24 season. You can download a copy or request a physical one at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things. Get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. You're listening to The Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty Mitty Show here across our network of stations and on Rogers TV, the uh, viewing audience joining us here. Welcoming you on to the show this week from the Toronto Star and the Deep Left Field Podcast, returning guest, Mr. Mike Wilner. Mike, thanks for hopping on. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. So I got, we could go on the whole, like, let's talk about the season, but who cares? Because it all came to a halt in the playoffs and i i feel like i owe somebody an apology and that's charlie montoya like i have been the charlie batcher for a long time and and it was solely because i thought that he didn't it's not that it, like he didn't have the guts but i just didn't know if he he was able to stand up to this front office and i felt felt like he was just kind of following in their footsteps and now we have a there's a new manager of the toronto blue jays and it seems like he's doing the same thing i don't know what's going on with this team and making just boneheaded decisions that, that everyone and their brother can see. 
Well, I mean, it's that's it's the way that uh, that baseball seems to be right now. Uh, but before we get too deep into the the you know baseball stuff, I just do want to mention. I don't know if, if this is the right forum for it, but um, I'm a little distracted. A lot of my people are a little distracted because of what's going on in Israel right now. So if I'm not a thousand percent here. Uh, forgive me, but I just want to make sure that, you know, we're sending all our support and, and our thoughts and our good vibes and Hey, send money, you know, donate to Magenda Vida Dom, which is the Israeli version of the Red Cross um, to, to help out with, uh, with the horrible, horrifying situation and the attacks over there. Um, so that's where half of me is right now. But as far as you know, the, the Charlie Montoyo, John Schneider stuff. Um, this, you know, it. this is the way a lot of baseball teams are run right now. Um, there are maybe five managers who have the level of, auto- of autonomy that managers used to have, right? That Cito Gaston had, that, that John Gibbons had. Um, and I think people sort of still think in those terms and still ex- expect managers to be to be that, right? To be, okay, the front office gave me this roster. Now go away and let me handle things and we'll, we'll talk later. Um, that's not the way it works anymore. And that's not the way it works for a lot of teams. That's definitely not the way it works for the Blue Jays. Uh, it's one of the main reasons John Gibbons is no longer here. Um, it's not why Charlie Montoyo is not here, but it's part of the job. And I understand a lot of it. Like if I was a general manager who put together this roster, I would want to say in how it's used. Um, I think what happened with the Blue Jays in Minnesota, the same thing that happened with the Blue Jays at the drop in 2020 in the playoffs is that they just got too cute. They couldn't get out of their own way. They wanted to show everybody how smart they are and how innovative they are. And Hey, look, nobody else is thinking about this, but we're thinking about this and this is what's going to win for us. They did it obviously in the name of winning, but they forgot that it's the game's not math, you know, and, and I'm as stats forward as, as anybody. Um, but the game's played by human beings and those human beings have to have their feelings respected. You have to be aware of what's going on in a situation and to say, well, you know, this strategy probably gives us a 0.8% advantage. Um, and winning this game doesn't take into account the players on the field um, who have worked so hard for seven months to get to this point. And you have them all looking around going, what the hell is going on? Um, Hopefully they've learned their lesson, but they didn't learn their lesson three years ago. So who's to say they will now. But that to your point, the, you know, you had the, the starting pitching 
uh, fiasco that you talked about there at the TROP. And then you had last year, you know, an early pitching decision taking Gosman out. It didn't cost them a series. Nothing I don't think it. With, nothing wrong with the decision. Last, no, it's definitely Kevin something Gosman that turned, turned 95 pitches. The bases were loaded and there was nothing wrong with the Kevin Gosman decision last year. And then what, hap- the, what happens this year? It's just it's three straight years of play, like three straight playoff baseball years that turn into sweeps. And is there is there going to be a time where where they are going to, uh, you know, I don't want to say smarten up, but that's not the right thing to say. Where where they're going to change their philosophy and be able to let let the manager, if depending on who you listen to and and, and, and who you believe, um, make those decisions on the field. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to believe Ross Atkins and what he said on the weekend about that it was John Schneider's. I mean, like I said on on the last episode of Deep Left Field when I went over the whole disgusting press conference, um, Atkins said exactly what he needed to say so that you can go back over the transcript and say, all right, he didn't actually lie there, right? But he certainly didn't tell us the whole truth. I don't believe for a second that the Blue Jays give the coaching staff, all the analytic material that they need at the end of spring training and say, okay, go off and use this how you want and ask us for whatever you want over the course of the season. There's no chance that that's true. Um, but to say it was John Schneider's decision, sure. John Schneider was the one who walked out and took the ball from Jose Perillo. So yes, it was his decision, but he made that decision in a vacuum. Would he ever have made that decision if, if uh, that plan was not in place? Absolutely not. Um, are the Jays, is the front office going to smarten up? You're right. It's the wrong choice of words because, look, they think, hey, we're so smart. So you have to smarten down, I guess, uh, if you're if you're the Blue Jays front office. But um, the, the you know, I don't want to relitigate 2020, but choosing not to start your ace in game one of the best of three was just stupid. And it was, again, uh, trying to be innovative and look how smart we are. Hey, maybe we'll win and then we'll have our ace for game two and we can sweep. And if not, we've got our ace for game two and he'll win. And we've got game three that we can win. It's, it's, it was idiotic. Um, and, and they didn't make that mistake again, thankfully, last year or this year. Um, but it's a good question. Will they change their philosophy? And the answer is, I don't really have a lot of faith that they will because they'll look back and say, hey, look, we give up two runs. Give up two runs in a game, you should win. You give up five runs over two games, you should win both those games. And they can look back and say, we scored one run in two games. That was the problem. The decision was not the problem. The change wasn't the problem. Scored one run. That was the problem. But that is missing the point. Like, there can be two things wrong at once. And so I do hope they learn from it. I, I, as long as the um, current regime is in place, uh, I don't believe they will. Well, I think that's the part that stuck with me personally over the last week and a bit. Um, is the or the however long it's been since you know it, time just mushes together. Um, is the fact that the Blue Jays didn't they didn't perform on offense, right? I mean, if Toronto scores two runs in that baseball game we're probably not sitting here talking about the pitching change. It's there. And I think the conversation happens, but I don't think people are on it as much. If Toronto wins that baseball game, it's just, it's how it works. It's not the lightning rod that it is. Absolutely. You're you're a hundred percent right. But you know what? If Matt Chapman's 
line drive down the left field line was, you know, eight inches this way, then the Blue Jays maybe win that game. Mm -hmm. If Chapman's fly ball to left center in game one was foot and a half that way, it's a three run homer and maybe they win game one. So, so, you know, they were close, but they certainly didn't generate enough opportunities. They certainly um, didn't do enough to take it out of the hands of one lucky line drive here and there. Um, but they were facing two pitchers who were going to get Cy Young votes. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you're facing aces and one of your aces was just okay. in Gosman, the other one wasn't given a chance. Uh, and Chris Bassett never got the ball. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's a lot, you're right. But, but they didn't, they didn't hit at all. Vlad got picked off when they had second and third, uh, but again, with two out and your best hitter at the plate. You want to give yourself that opportunity. Um, but, you know, the story of the season, I think, all year long was they had so many opportunities and couldn't cash them in in the early going. They, just, they didn't cash in their opportunities in the playoffs, but they barely had any. Mm-hmm. Well, they only had, correct me if I'm wrong, throughout that series, one extra base hit. Yep. Here's the Vladdy double Vlad, where they Vlad stranded him with nobody out, right? Yep. So it's well, off the looking, seventh, I think, in game you, one. You look at all the opportunities that they did have, slim amounts of them throughout the series, and the bats just were unable to take advantage. That to me was the far more alarming portion of the entire two game series in Minnesota than the, the decisions made or the pitching, the that what everyone's calling a poor start in game one, which wasn't great, but I mean, you should still be able to to stay in that ball game. It was the hitting, which once again they they moved their philosophy this year, took a little bit off the power and the bats towards more of a, a pitching defense approach, and I, I think it came back to bite them personally. I see. I, I the thing is that hitting is hard, right? And and this is a sort of a mantra that I've gone over and over and over this year. Hitting's really hard, and pitchers are really good, and you can't pick when you get your hits, right? You can't try harder to get a hit um, and have it work. That's sort of out of your hands. The decisions are not, right? The decisions that are made, those aren't hard. I mean, they're hard, but executing them is not difficult. So when you make poor decisions, to me, that's a much, much bigger deal than not being able to get a hit because, you know, there's someone actively someone who's really good actively doing their best to make sure you don't get a hit and seven people behind them doing the same thing there's nobody actively trying to prevent you from making proper decisions that is entirely within your control uh so for me that's why that gets more light shown on it so having or watching conversations happen on twitter while this whole game was was unfolding I got the feeling that you were skeptical that there would be a change in, in coaching staff or in front office at the time. Now that we've had, you know, a couple press conferences, one that really didn't go very well. And honestly, a season full of team, not performing full of a playoff disappointment, full of um, the Anthony Bass thing that was handled extremely poorly by the front office. Do you see there being changes and, and will, Shapiro and Atkins be able to separate themselves or are they kind of 
you know, a, a, a tandem deal that one's not going anywhere without one's not leaving if the other one's still there. I mean, I thought that for a very long time. I thought that as long as Mark Shapiro has a job, Ross Atkins has a job. These two have been joined at the hip since they got here. Um, and even before that for like 15 years in the Cleveland organization. Um, I don't think that anymore. I mean, I don't, I still don't think there's a strong possibility that Ross Atkins is relieved of his duties, but after that performance on Saturday uh, in front of the media, in front of the cameras, in front of the fans, um, I mean, that was just such an abdication of leadership. It was just such a, a complete um, failure to step up and lead and be accountable that I think maybe, maybe, you know, they've got James Click there um, who won a World Series uh, as a GM with the Astros. Chaim Bloom's a free agent. Uh, and he's got a great reputation and he's a brilliant baseball mind. Now both click and bloom are from the same school of let's find the tiniest little advantage and, and see what we can do about it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think Mark Shapiro is going anywhere. The renovations to Roger center aren't done yet. And Shapiro has done exactly what he's been brought in to do but I'm no longer as sure about Ross. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's just, it's not just this one thing either. I don't think for myself, I no, mean, but this, this was for me, this was the tipping point, right. right? The Anthony Bass situation was handled horribly by the front office. Um, and, and it, you know, it, it became a story for 10 days where it should have been a story for two hours. Um, the, you know, the disappointment of the season, I'm not going to get too riled up about they made the playoffs. And mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's really the only thing that matters is making the playoffs. Um, people talk about trading offense for defense, um, but they improved the defense radically and they traded 32 home runs, uh, 32, 2022 home runs. Let me correct myself. They traded 30, 2022 home runs in Hernandez and Guriel to bring back, I believe, 35 2022 home runs in Varsho and Belt. So they, you know, the, the idea that they totally gave up on their power is just incorrect. But um, but I, I don't know that I've seen a fan base this angry and lose this much faith in its front office as I have in this one. And those are the kinds of things that, you know, attendance was down in September. They didn't draw after that Texas series until the, the last homestand. Um, and they didn't draw midweek, which they've always done. And one of the promises that Mark Shapiro made was if you Rogers give us the money to put a winning team together, the fans will show up in droves. And yeah, they got to 3 million, but there were droves that didn't show up and it's not going to get any better. And those are the kinds of things that make ownership go, Hey, we need to fix this. And so, you know, that's, that may be what, what sends Atkins on his way. But what I, what I was 
I, yeah, I, sorry I was, to cut you off. No, it's okay. But what I was trying, I think, to get to is, and I don't know if this was the front office coaching staff or, or who exactly did this, but I think that the Alec Manoa situation wasn't handled perfectly either, and it could have possibly burnt a bridge with a guy who got, you know, Cy Young votes, and who knows what's what that's going to turn into either. It just seems to be like like time after time after time um, coming up short, and maybe the fan base is just getting a little tired of it. And this was just the climax of it. I'm not worried about burning a bridge with Manoa. He's still under their control for four years. So if he wants to sit and pout for four years and completely destroy his ability to earn, then um, he's a lot dumber than I think he is, and, and I don't think he is. Um, so it's in Alec Manoa's best interest to come back and be as good as he possibly can until the time comes where he can choose where he gets to play. Um, and I would love to hear his side of this, which we have not heard at all. Uh, so I'm, I'm reluctant to say that they badly mismanaged Manoa because I don't know the whole story. Uh, but it still doesn't look good. You're right. And there's a lot of things that just don't look good. And that's not good when you're trying to still sell hope Right, this team, it's it's not selling. Hey, we won the AL East. It's not saying, hey, we won a hundred games. It's not saying we got to the final four. It's selling hope. Hey, we're going to win a playoff game this year. And when you want to sell that, you can't be doing things that consistently make you look bad on a regular basis. All right. Well, let me let me ask you this because we've seen a lot of the press conferences over the last few days with players speaking their minds a little bit, um, and some of them seemingly upset or confused with the decision from management pulling Barrios, obviously in game two. Is that something that that players forget about in your experience fairly easy, or is this something that uh, down the line might affect someone's decision to stay in Toronto or not to stay in Toronto? Years down the road, no. Absolutely not. I mean, you know, Vlad and Bo still have two full seasons left before they're free agents, and so many things are going to happen over the course of those two seasons. Um, Barrios is still here for five years, so even if he's crazy upset about it, there's really nothing he can do about it. Um, people who are free agents at the end of the World Series might think about that, but of the people who are free agents at the end of the World Series, who's integral? You know, it would be great to have Kevin Kiermeyer back. But the plan, obviously, is to move Dalton Varsho to center field. And I think the Blue Jays um, would say it was incredible that Kevin Kiermeyer only spent 10 days on the injured list this year for an injury that he had nothing to do with, right? The cheese grater in center field at Fenway Park. I think they got very, very lucky that he managed to stay healthy all year and was as productive as he was. And I, I, I think the odds are against that happening next year, though I would take him back in a heartbeat to be the fourth outfielder on this team. I don't think Brandon Belt is coming back, and I don't think Brandon Belt is integral to have back. I don't think Whit Merrifield is coming back, and I don't think Whit Merrifield is integral to have back. I don't think Hyunjin Ryu I mean, I, I wouldn't pay anything for a 37-year-old um, who couldn't really go more than five innings. And, you know, you're looking for him to – maybe Hyunjin Ryu gets guaranteed money from somewhere who wants him to be that veteran at the bottom of their rotation. But I'm not worried about Hyunjin Ryu. Matt Chapman's the only one I'm worried about. 
and Matt Chapman didn't hit at all after like the 20th of April. Um, so I don't think there's anybody integral in this free agent class that the Blue Jays need to especially worry about keeping happy. And I think so much stuff is going to happen between now and mm-hmm. when those other guys um, contracts are up that there will be other stories. Is it concerning to you a little bit that I'm like this free agent class isn't the strongest one we've seen in a long time. And the blue Jays do like, there's a lot of guys who underperformed Vladdy being one of them. Bo was hurt for a good chunk of the season. Var showed, you know, showed sprinkles of what he could do offensively, but uh, didn't really put it together. I don't think for a super long period of time. So there is some offense there, but they definitely need to go out and find some. And if Matt Chapman is possibly just getting older, are you really going to pay that much money um, for a guy who's going to play spectacular defense? Or do you let one of those young guys come up? And is there anywhere that they can find some offense? Is there is it is there offense in the Blue Jays system already? Is I think my overall question. I mean, there's Aurelvis Martinez and Addison Barger, but you know, to expect them to come up and be you know have rookie of the year level type seasons immediately uh, is a big stretch. That you know that doesn't happen a lot. And I think if you're a playoff contender who's been in the playoffs three of the last four years, averaged you know, over 90 wins for the last three years. I don't think you're handing two everyday spots to rookies. Uh, I would give Matt Chapman a qualifying offer, see if he takes it and wants to rebuild his value over season. I don't think he would, but it'll give you draft pick protection. Um, you know, I think David Schneider can be very good, but certainly not what he was in August. This is He's not the greatest offensive player of all time, which, you know, through his first 25 games, he actually was. Uh, which is nuts. Um, I have always been and will always be a fan of what Kevin Biggio can do, but I think you're a better team when Kevin Biggio is not hitting fourth or fifth in your lineup. Um, you know, same thing with Matt Chapman. You're a better team when Matt Chapman's not hitting fourth or fifth in your lineup. Um, I think everyone's going to turn around on Dalton Varsho next year. I think he got acclimated and he's going to be just fine. He still wound up hitting 20 home runs in a, crappy offensive season. Uh, Bo Bichette's got a batting title or two in him. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and George Springer and Alejandro Kirk have the capacity to be much, much, much better than they were this year. So um, there will be offense out there. I think it may be found in trade uh, more than in free agency, but they understand that they have to do things to improve the bats. And you can have, you can try to get a, a big bat DH and you can try to get a big back corner outfielder and move Varsho to center. Uh, and hopefully that corner outfielder can play a little bit of defense, but doesn't have to be well above average. And that's how I think they address it. All right. Well, uh, we are out of time here uh, for this week. Mike, thanks again for hopping on uh, and talking with us. Always good to see you. Always good to talk Blue Jays. Uh, once again, Mike Wilner from the Toronto Star Deep Left Field podcast is where you can listen to Mike. Uh, lots of great information there. So we uh, urge you to check it out. Mike, thanks again. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure to be here. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, 
I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. It may be warm outside, but it's never too early to get ready for the upcoming curling season. Check out the new Goldline catalog and gear up for the 2023-24 season. You can download a copy or request a physical one at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions. This is the Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show here across the TSMS radio network and the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast for another week. Uh, big thank you as well. It goes out to uh, returning guest on the show. And never, Mitty seems like he denies a chance to be on the show, Mr. Mike Wilner. No, and that's why I love him. Like, it, it's, again, we say this a lot. Listen to him a whole bunch during Blue Jays broadcast. I don't want to keep bringing up that that's what he's from, but um, also his podcast, Deep Left Field, I was listening to a bunch, listen to a bunch all the time. Um, very good podcast. He does a lot of like email and like text stuff, like interactions uh, with with the people, questions from the people, which is kind of kind of neat, kind of cool. A guy who's very knowledgeable about baseball and not afraid, especially on Twitter either, to to communicate and to uh, just have conversations with people, no matter how dumb the conversation could be or how smart intellectual the baseball wise it can be too. So I, I always appreciate him jumping on because I love talking to Mr. Wilder. Well, that's part of the reason why he has been on our show uh, numerous times now. Like, I think that that's got to be his fifth or sixth time on the show, it feels like, um, which is a lot over the three-year span for a random talk show in the middle of nowhere, Ontario. So uh, we appreciate him coming on. He's He loves to share his opinion. And I'm convinced that if you were to ever be a big-time broadcaster like that, you'd be the same way. You'd be like, feed me your opinions. Let me tell you you're wrong type situation, you know? Well, I just... Yeah, I mean, there were, there's a yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a, lot, there's a lot of idiots out there, is what I'm saying, Mr. Middleton. Yeah, but I think what our our advantage with Mr. Wilner is is that the first time he came on, we, you know, I remember there were some scheduling issues on on his part or something. It might have been on our part. I don't remember that we kind of fixed, and it's not we didn't hold a grudge or anything. We just you know the next day we got it done. We had a nice intellectual conversation with him about baseball. I feel like about the Blue Jays. We weren't there to try and catch him. We weren't there. We just wanted to have a conversation with a guy that we listen to all the time that knows a lot about baseball and about our favorite team. So I think there was a little bit of, let's call it respect. I don't know if that's exactly what it is, but there was a little bit of that there where he knew that when he came on the show, we were going to have just a fun, we were going to have a conversation that was going to maybe, maybe not challenge him a little bit, but at least further, um, you know, some talking points. So I don't, I, I always appreciate whenever I send him a message, it's never, I'm too busy. It's never, you know, anything, but okay, we can make it work. Give me a time. And that way, when he says he is too busy, I'm like, okay, he's too busy. Well, exactly. And I mean, we love to have him on and he loves to come on. So it's a match made in heaven as far as I'm concerned, but uh, once we'll just again, do forever. We'll, we'll, we'll amalgamate deep left field in this mini mini show. Well, I think there, there's a line and I think he would draw it. If, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, th- I think there is a line there. And I think we ask him just enough. So twice a season is, is the perfect. Amount. Yeah. Once before or at the beginning and once at the end of the season is probably enough for Mike. And then I think after that, we might be pushing our buttons a little bit too far. So um, I want to ask, I want to ask you something. I don't know what you were going to do. I want to ask you something about baseball while we're on it. Yeah, sure. We don't really have a, a set in stone plan for the back half of the show. So shoot me. What do you got? What do you got? Do you have, it's not even a problem, but do you have concerns about how major league baseball is set up where 
there might be a significant disadvantage to the teams who win the divisions and have to sit out those weeks because they, they've looked bad. Tampa Bay gets swept. Um, I guess Tampa Bay didn't set out. The Orioles get swept. And, you know, as we talk right now, the, the, the Braves are, are on the verge of being down 2-1 uh, to the Phillies. So these teams that are having to set out don't look very good. No, uh, here, here's the, how I'll say it. I have never been a fan of whether it's uh, tournaments down at minor baseball, minor hockey, uh, the minor sports level, all the way up to the pros and playoff. Uh, I don't like the first seed getting a buy. I don't think it, I think if you're going to set up a playoffs, make it even so that everyone's playing at the same time. And also from, you know, the team that is first place, I don't think you really want that much time off. It wasn't like they had two weeks off to prep. It wasn't like they were sitting around for that long. Well, they had a week. It, That's long it, enough. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a week. And when everybody else is playing, it, we're ball players. Even at the level we played at, you know that if you're in a groove and then something takes you off that, if you're in a starting rotation and they could try to keep it on as su- as much as they could, but if you're on a rotation, if you're used to playing ball five, six days a week and now you're not, Sometimes it, it might take a little bit to turn back on. And in a, in a best of three, you, you, your best of five, you don't have that much time to turn it on. Yeah. It just, it seems, it seems like these teams that are, uh, that are the, you know, the, the, uh, the cream of the crop when it comes to baseball this year, the Braves were looked absolutely unbeatable. And I mean, the Phillies look really good now as well. Maybe it's just the Phillies are better. Um, but I feel like we're robbed a little bit of the series as of right now that um, and, and even the game they won was, you know, a fluke, amazing double play by Austin Riley, where he just happened to be standing behind second base on a throwback into the infield. So I don't know. It was a conversation. I thought it would be worth having because, you know, we're losing these best teams. And I don't know if baseball wants to do it. If we lose the Dodgers, the Braves, the Orioles all in one fell swoop that's going to be tough for baseball to kind of bounce back from that. I think, well, but what do you do? Because, because I, I think we could agree that a one game playoff after a 162 game season, as exciting as it might be, isn't quite, you know, fair to the players who put in all that work. Well, it's funny. you It's funny you say that because I was actually thinking about that this past week, whether it was from seeing highlights of uh, back when the wild card game was winner take all. I think the excitement is what draws you back to that. But if you're on the losing side of those, they were never fun. They made you feel like your season was cheated a little bit. So I'm not saying get rid of the current wildcard format and go back to what you had before, but I just, I don't know if what they have right now is working as well as you think it is, right? Like, so the Baltimore Orioles, they get swept because they run into a hot Texas Rangers team who just came off the heels of beating the 99 win Tampa Bay Rays, right? In that case, you'd rather be Texas who's playing good ball and rolling into that series, then be Baltimore, who's been sitting sitting stagnant for the last week. Both Texas and um, Philly are you know, very good teams. Those aren't teams that backed in. Now, the, the, the Arizona Diamondbacks might be a different story, and Gabriel Moreno, with the way he's playing in the playoffs, has made uh, has made some Blue Jays fans wonder, yeah. perhaps. Lourdes, uh, Lourdes going deep a couple times as well, right? Ugh. That's never fun to watch while you're sitting on the couch after your team got destroyed in two games. So there was always this. I remember when when I was playing ball down in Kalamazoo, 
um, at my first year of college. I that was the year that the Pittsburgh Pirates hosted the one game playoff. Um, I think that was the Johnny Cueto dropped the ball. Remember that when when the fans mm-hmm. were chanting at was it Johnny Cueto? I believe yeah. Yeah, and it was such an event that the whole team got together to watch. It was exciting. Your eyes never came off of that TV for that one game playoff. Cause really anything could happen. And the fans were so excited because it was like a game five or game seven was happening right in front of you, where it was a do or do or go home and, and, and home field made such uh such a difference. I don't like two things about these playoffs. I kind of wish they would have the one game playoffs. I think they were fun, even though it might not be fair to the players get over it. You made the playoffs, but also um, I, I think if they are going to do a three-game series, it needs to make its way back to the other team's field at some point. I understand what the home field advantage is for, and they don't want to have that travel. Uh, but if you're going to play three-game series and all three games are in one venue, then, okay, finish higher and get your home field advantage. But it seems like a massive advantage to have possible three games all in one field. Yeah, I mean, the obvious, the easy argument to that is, like you said, right? Don't like it, do better. But I don't think I think in terms of, you know, look at look at baseball as a business and you want baseball to go like, let's say the Toronto series, Minnesota, Toronto, back to Minnesota for game three. If it gets there, I think that works out better. I think that gives you as logistically it's going to suck. Probably you're not going to like that. And I think that's why they do it right. I think if you're going to go three games. They keep it in the same place because of the logistical nightmare of growing Minnesota, Toronto, Minnesota, or whatever it might be. So why do you go Toronto, Minnesota, Minnesota? Well, because then Minnesota doesn't get to start the series at home. But they get to end the game three at home. Yeah, but ideally you don't want it to go to a game three, right? You want that to be done in two. Okay, then you want to win on two and you're at home soil. I just I think as far as long as they're keeping the three game series, it'll never in a different location right it'll or be- and, and like an easy fix we're probably overlooking here is add two more teams to the playoffs and make those or add four more teams i guess to the playoffs and make the division champs play or do some kind of crossover where the division champs have to play like there there is a way to do this i think right here's here's my idea if you want to hear it okay i would love to you, can i am i allowed to tear into it if it's stupid oh yeah absolutely okay and i encourage you to when you think it's stupid because i know it's i can't wait i can't wait my, you want my favorite playoff format of all time, mm-hmm. one through eight, on either side. Right, you've got enough teams. Right, look at what the NHL did forever. One through eight doesn't matter what division you were in. Divisions meant nothing. If you had the second best record, and let's say the American League, you were the number two seed. You can start the series if you want, even at a best of three. If you think it's going to be too many games. Right. And then work your way up to the by the time you're in the in the World Series, it's seven games. It gets more teams in the playoffs. It makes things a little bit more exciting. And at the end of the day, I, I, it's it's the most fair way to do it. Right. One gets eight, two gets seven, three gets six, four gets five on either side. Sixteen teams make the playoffs. Will baseball yeah. ever do it? No, it's too many teams. They'll never well, it, 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 it makes more sense now that you have a balanced a more balanced schedule. I think if you're going to do that, you would have to completely get rid of your divisions and just go, you know, East versus West, um, AL versus NL, you know, have two just conferences that play each other. Mm-hmm. 
I, that's that's the only way that that would work but then you get into the fact that you're going to have again a travel nightmare and maybe you would have to extend and do something like four game series constantly and not two game three game series where you're just you're there for four and you just move on well the mlb has already accepted that they can play later into the year and it really doesn't affect anything right nobody cares nobody cares that they're playing baseball into early november Barring a, I think the only way that the the World Series doesn't go to November this year is if there's a sweep. Other than that, the final out of the baseball season is going to be made in early November. And I think people don't care for the most part, right? If it happens to be cold, most major league markets, save and except like what? Colorado, Minnesota, depending on the year, don't have snow in the first week of November. Detroit. Detroit. But even still, right? Depends on the year. We get the same weather as Detroit, and sometimes there's not snow on the ground until January. The, yeah, I mean, I well, think people are going to care. It's, start the season earlier. That or just make the season shorter. Make the season shorter. Because let's be honest, 162 games is a absolute massive amount of games, and it's way too much. You know what I loved was the 60 game season. I actually loved it. I thought it was an amazing amount of games. Maybe it was just too short, but I thought it was a great amount of games that led into to an exciting playoffs. And you didn't, you weren't sitting there in you know July being like, oh my goodness, we're halfway through this thing. Yeah, we've got another 80 to go. Yeah, 60 is probably not enough, but 121, 122, whatever you want to do, somewhere in there. I feel like you can even like drop it down. Maybe this is the hockey in us coming out, but like what's wrong with around that 80 game mark, right? I feel like well, you, that also you would just make you would... your regular season games that much more important, right? But, but, but everyone, also one will tell you that wins wins are the same as the in in May as they are in September, but like come on. But at that point you would have to it would become like hockey where you could have two or three, four games off days off in between games. Cause you just wouldn't have enough to stretch it over a season. Right. You need to find that happy medium where, you know, if you're going to add an extra 10 games to the playoffs, then you take 10 games off the season. Then you're going to add an extra 10 off days just for travel purposes. So that's coming down as well. So maybe you're 142, maybe you can get it down to 132 or something like that uh, with, and that just allows you maybe to have a further maybe we're solving a problem that the MLB doesn't care about that, that really that's, nobody cares that's about exactly what we're doing. Yeah. That's also a possibility. Maybe we're just trying to fill time with, with questions that only we have, but I don't know how many baseball fans would actually be upset if the baseball season was a little bit shorter, had more playoffs, more teams making the playoffs and maybe didn't go into November. I don't know how many people would be that concerned about that. Well, hey, we got to go and, and and head to break here, but I'm just going to leave this in your brain to to mingle around there and give you some thoughts here as we go to commercial break. Major League Baseball, it's no secret they want to expand at at least another two teams. You're going to have to add more teams to the playoffs. That many teams missing the playoffs, quite frankly, isn't fun. All right, Smitty Mitty Show, we got to head to break. You're listening to the TSMS Radio Network and the Smitty Mitty Show podcast. It may be warm outside, but it's never too early to get ready for the upcoming curling season. Check out the new Goldline catalog and gear up for the 2023-24 season. You can download a copy or request a physical one at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things. Get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. 
When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. Now back to the Smitty and Mitty Show. We are back here, Smitty and Mitty Show, to finish things off for yet another week here on the TSMS Radio Network. Smitty and Mitty Show podcast episode 157. Mr. Smith, Mr. Middleton, on your radio waves to, to bring you to a conclusion here. What are we you talking about? You know what's sad? I was at Port Elgin Pumpkin Fest, uh, I guess, a couple weekends ago now as this goes out. Yes. Yes. A uh, whole lot of fun. I enjoyed myself. Not massive pumpkins, but I'm actually going to try and get us into the uh, the hosting tent next year because it's my dad and my mom that do it. And I think you and me could do a bang up job in that tent. What but, What is the What is the like uh, job requirements? You just you basically just like so so my dad does all the main stuff because you know he's entwined in the growing, um, and then where we would just be on the side we interview the the growers as they come as as the pumpkin goes up, gets weighed they come over here they talk to us they're usually not great talkers and you try and get something out of them and they move on good people great people not what, great talkers what what was the uh, the winning pumpkin this year do you know the do you know the weight I do not remember fifteen something. Oh, like a lot, a lot, a lot. No, it's actually pretty small for for what they, yeah, they've had well over two thousand. Oh, okay, bad year for pumpkins, I take it, eh? Uh, it was a bad year because it got so moist at the second half, and when pumpkins grow that fast, the last about, um, you know, month of their growth is just is when they put on the most weight they just they blow up so their skin gets really thin so a lot of moisture can cause them to just collapse on themselves if they get too big on top of that you know bears love them raccoons love them so sometimes bears get into them and there's nothing you can do about it there so apparently there there was one that was was um measured well over three thousand, and um and it it just fell apart it didn't make it so that is what it is the more you know the more you know so I'm hoping that we can actually get one of the growers on here in the next couple of weeks. And I think it'd be interesting to just have a conversation about how giant pumpkins come to be. Don't know why. Don't know why. I think it will be interesting because I don't think it's, I think there's a lot more into it than, than people consider. Sometimes those are our favorite conversations to have just the most random right? yeah, exactly. we'll go from serious talks about sports one week to how to grow your pumpkin the next week. That's uh-huh. the Smitty and Mitty show for you. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap things up. Big thank you to Mike Wilner for hopping on and joining us this week, as well as our sponsors, Dave Middleton at Sun Life Financial in King Carden. Life is brighter under the sun. Gold line curling, the choice of champions. Both those two sponsors help make this show possible every single week. I, I did actually get to say why I was disappointed in Pumpkin Fest. Oh, go. Yeah, sorry. Just so trying, I was to, standing, just trying to get the legalities down, you know? Yeah, my apologies. So I was standing there, and who walked by me but J.C.? Walks right by me, looks me right in the face. I go, hey, JC, nothing, right by. Did you did you text him after him? Be like, JC, what's up? Nope, we're done. Oh, okay. Pull the show off the air. We're yeah. done. Well, yeah. Like, walked right by me. Guy who puts us on the show, made us who we are, gave us the star on the walk of Owen Sound, and nothing. Thanks a lot, JC. All right. So many of the show. That's a wrap for this week. We'll see you next week here across the TSMS Radio Network. Smitty and Mini Show Podcast, wherever you are streaming. Noah Smith, Tom Middleton. See you later.